This, 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 this is the Apparelist Podcast, designed to bring you real-life conversation about high-level topics relevant to the decorated apparel community. Hey, everybody. Cassie Green here from Apparelist. We are joining everyone with the brand new Apparelist Podcast. This is technically our second episode. Um, what's really funny about this is we had recorded plenty of podcast episodes, things like that. Lots of great hosts at Printing United Expo this year, which took place in Las Vegas in October. Um, but apparently what happens in Vegas truly does stay in Vegas. And we are here re-recording the podcast. But the great news is, is I get to reconnect with some of my favorite people from the industry. Um, joining me today are two of our advisory board members. We have Jeff Mylander of Redwall located in Chicago. And then we have the wonderful Amber Massey from T-Shirts for Hope. She's based in Georgia. So Jeff and Amber, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, so one of the things that we have been talking about a lot, both among our inner group and some things that we're hearing out in the industry is um, this theory of convergence. Um, we're hearing a lot of um, decorators who are doing contract work or, you know, promotional products distributors who are starting to add apparel decorating services or even just looking for contract decorators to work with. So um, I think that this is a great topic to talk, talk about. And I know both of you have some really interesting insight on the topic. So um, let's dive into it. Um, Jeff, I'm going to go ahead and field this first question to you. Um, sure. Yeah, yeah. In your opinion, um, as somebody who has kind of, you know, worked in the apparel industry for a while, worked with a variety of different accounts, um, why should promotional products distributors add apparel decorating services in-house? I mean, is that something that they should consider for their services? Yeah, I, I, in general, my, my first thought to that is that they probably should not. Um, now, that's not just because I want to work, but it's also because there's a lot that goes into it. So, um, you know, there's the process in general for talking, you know, what kind of print method are we talking about? If we're talking about screen print, uh, you know, there's just a lot that goes on there to learn. Um, things like embroidery, DTG, maybe DTF, those could be a little easier to get into. The, the barrier to entry and, and just the, the, the process of educating yourself to get into it is going to be easier with those methods. But I still think it really, the professional products distributors really are going to have to think about whether it makes sense for them um, for all kinds of reasons. But I suppose if, if their volume is very high, um, and it justifies the capital expense and it justifies the infrastructure, um, larger building, more people, staffing, all that. I, I, I do think it makes sense at a point, but in general, I've seen a lot of smaller distributors try to get into that space and they've had a really rough time. So I think it's just, it's just really an, uh, just, just making sure that it makes sense based on your business. And again, focus on what you know. I mean, maybe your strong point is more the selling than it would be production. I mean, if you'd like production, great, go for it. But if selling is your strong point, maybe stick with that. Yeah, I mean, Amber, in your opinion, what about screen printing might make it a more difficult thing for some, you know, someone who is a distributor to add? I mean, what is it about screen printing that makes it maybe more technical or more intense? I think one of the big things is screen printing is not easy. I mean, it's just not. If you're printing just cotton t-shirts, great. But nowadays, um, just the fabric is so unique. It's so many different materials. Um, it's easy to burn. It's easy to mess up. So like Jeff was saying, stick to what you're good at. Screen printing, not only the business, um, there's just a lot of factors that you have to be good at. And if you're a promo company and printing volume, like you got to hire staff and it's just, you can't hire. It's not a plug and play. You got to have somebody that knows what they're doing. 
one of the things that I have, I think, spoken to both of you, both online and offline, um, is this topic of color. I know, Jeff, you and I were talking about, like, there are so many things that go into apparel decorating other than being able to create a cool design. And I think color is one of those that comes top of mind. I mean, would you say that's maybe one of those things that it's like, if you're going to make the leap, like, it, it, it can be hard to learn about, like, Pantone matching and things like that. I mean, I'm sure that plays into it as well. Yeah, yeah, I think it really just, just a lot that goes into it. It's a, it is a fairly technical process. Um, I mean, you're dealing with just the creation of the screens, you're dealing with ink, ink management, how to, how to create the inks, um, proper cure times, the equipment. I mean, I, I definitely have seen, I've seen distributors go out and they go to their, whatever their local distributor is, and they spend a few hundred thousand dollars on an entire setup and then just really are kind of in the dark as far as what to do next. Um, as I mentioned before, I think that um, screen print is probably going to be the most challenging. Embroidery probably is easier to learn. There's just less, there's still a lot of technical things going on, but there's less just weird stuff that's going to pop up that's just going to drive you crazy. Um, same with uh, digi you know, DTG and, and maybe DTF, right? But probably more so DTG. I think it's an easier transition into those things, but you got to run it too. I mean, DTG, if you, if you buy it and you're only going to run it a couple times a week, you're going to spend a lot of money on waste ink and cleaning solution and things like that. I mean, digital wants to run all the time. Um, I, I think probably most common of what we see for promotional product or promotional distributors is to get into the embroidery into that side. I think that makes the most sense if you're looking at adding on some form of uh, form of decoration in-house. Two of our biggest customers are branding companies, promo companies that decided to go into screen printing. Um, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of easy ways to screw up in screen printing. So we fix a lot. We spray out a lot. We redo a lot. We DTF over a lot. Um, so we've earned a lot of business, but it's, it's not the most fun to help people out when it comes to that. So we have helped people who mess up in-house, but not no longer help people when they use another screen printer and something goes wrong. We have chosen no longer to help people with those jobs because it's hard. It's, it's a lot of work and nobody wants to sit with a spray gun for hours at all. And that's, that, that's a really interesting point. I'm glad you brought that up um, because I think, um, from the perspective of the the apparel decorator that is doing a lot of contract work, I mean, there, there's a lot that goes into this and not necessarily just cleaning up a mess up or having to go back and correct a mistake. But when we're talking about, okay, so let's say you are working with a distributor who's not, you know, they're definitely not doing any in-house decorating, but there can still be issues there, right? So maybe like, let's, let's change tact a little bit and say, okay, so for the contract decorators out there who are working with distributors, I mean, where can the points of disconnect happen? I mean, wh what is that experience like? And I guess, Jeff, I'll, I'll start with you. Um, you. You know, why do distributors still need to understand what it takes to create an order? Yeah, I think that's hugely important. I think that um, not just from a perspective of having your job go smooth and having a decorator that you are partners with that likes working with you, right? Uh, but also just from your ability to sell to your customers. I mean, for, the, for that, for you to understand you know, what the different ink techniques, different garments, you know, all the things that can go into creating a good product. Um, that's a good way to help sell to your end customer. You can upsell, you can start talking about discharging water base instead of plastic stalls, special effects and multiple print locations and what can and can't be done. 
Um, it also saves time. I mean, talking about what can and can't be done, we see that a lot where customers will submit an order with something that just is not going to work with what they're trying to do, or either the garment type or where they want the decoration. And we, we can pretty much handle anything that can be done. But, you know, if you're trying to print a wraparound print that is where the print is wider than the shirt is wide and you can't, phys- you have to cut the shirt in half and print it and then sew it back together. You know, those are the things when it gets all the way to the point of submitting that order to your decorator. And now we go, hey, you can't do that. And they got to go back and tell their customer. And then that customer doesn't understand. So it's just not a very good process, right, for, for anyone. So, yeah, understanding as much as you can, I think that's important. And, and a good, if you have a good partner decorator, they should be really willing. I mean, we love to have people come in. We want to show them how to, what we're doing and how we're doing it and what's new and just answer any questions we possibly can. I mean, we, we really encourage our, our distributor partners to come in and learn all that stuff. So I, I would say that's something you should be looking for in a contract decorator. And if they offer it, take advantage of it and learn as much as you can because it's just going to make your company stronger. Yeah. I mean, Amber, do you have anything to add to that? I mean, what, what do you do when you are working on like a contract job? What are some things that you do to ensure a smooth process? I send them to Jeff's website where it provides all the information. Um, I mean, I try to educate my customers as much as I can because it makes my life easier. One of the problems we run into is customers that are selling promo or branding and stuff. They know nothing about apparel. Um, so like Jeff was saying, they will want to discharge print. And then they'll send me a variety of like polyester and safety shirts. Well, we can't discharge them because they're going to burn or melt. And then they kind of get a little bit frustrated, but I've given them a list of like, do not order these items. I mean, it, I seriously have a list that says, do not order these. We cannot print on them. Um, we were talking about color earlier. We'll get some Navy shirts in. And if you order certain brands, you can discharge them. Great. Well, if you order other brands, you have no idea what color you're going to get. So when we educate them on that and they still order the other brand, I mean, it's just... I think some things you can't educate on unless they've had the personal experience through it. Um, And then some people just want to save the money. They want to go the cheap route, but they want the best outcome and you can't get it. So Jeff's been doing it longer and is probably more direct than I am. And that is something that I'm having to work on because the struggle's real when you try to make people happy and they just don't listen. I mean, other, other than like that direct communication and research, I mean, what are some ways distributors should be educating themselves? Um, Jeff, maybe, I don't know if there are like, you know, forums they should be going to. I mean, you know, like you would both mention the direct communication, but are, are there other avenues that, you know, distributors can go to really like help themselves, you know, better their education? I would say like, I mean, Maid Lab's doing a really good job of showing, especially on TikTok, they've done a great job of starting like, this is a screen, this is a motion. It saves us a lot of time if they get past those steps because they've really gotten into where they're like, this is an 86, this is a 110, this is a 200. That's almost too much information, but if the customer hears it, they realize how complex our jobs can be versus just burn a screen, just the basics. Um, so that's been really good. I do send um, the spec sheets from like Sanmar that tells you like this garment's good for this. Don't use this or this isn't recommended. That's a good place. Bella Canvas has got great websites of what to water base, what to discharge. So I think anytime you send them to a YouTube channel or even get them to follow like TikTok and Instagram, it really backs our case of this is why this is not a good idea. Not because I don't want to do it. It's just not a great idea. So the professional resources. And I, again, I mean, I take really good websites um, and send them theirs. Superior Inc's got a great website where Dom's like pretty much like, don't do this. It's dumb. Um, So I love that they say it and I don't. Um, 
so that that's been helpful but youtube's got some great channels gildan's come up with some new stuff yeah i'd say i mean like like the all the different social media channels that you just mentioned i mean those are good i mean hopefully that's what that's what the apparelist is trying to do too right is trying to yeah. get that information yeah. out to people let um, me start that again yeah, I mean, you should go to the apparelist.com <laughs> yeah great resources <laughs> There's, there is a lot out there, you know, I mean, I've been doing this for, for quite a while and starting out, it was like, I mean, there so just hard. didn't have the resources online. I mean, it was reading books and, you know, magazines and things like that. And I'm just trial and error. So there are, there's, there's a lot more out there. I think just kind of, kind of got to dig for it. And also kind of want to, want to know, um, I think distributors that just don't want to know, that don't want to focus, don't want to think about it, just submit their PO and walk away. I mean, fair enough, right? But just understand your order might not go smoothly if you don't quite understand what's happening on the other end. Speaking of POs, uh, Jeff, what makes a good one? What is really going to ensure a successful order, good communication across the board? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's huge. You know, contract decorating that PO is, that's our, that's, that's what we want. That's what we need. We need to have that for everything we're going to do. So um, it just has to have all the information about the order. And I mean, we, I could go down the list I mean, it's kind of a lot of stuff, but it really just has to do with everything everything we would need to know. I mean, you have to look at it like we have no clue what you want. So you have to tell us, right? Um, now you don't have to tell us the specifics of how you want something printed. That's our job, but we do have to know things like, where is it shipping? When is it shipping? How is it shipping? When are the, how is the stock arriving to us? Is it, that's a really big one for us is how many locations is stock coming from and when are we gonna receive it? That's probably one of the most important things to have uh, to, to let your contract decorator know um, is just if you're ordering 300 pieces and it's coming from four different warehouses, that might arrive over four different days. And if we don't know when and how it's going to show up, it's, it just delays things. And um, it, it is just so helpful. I mean, really, especially with tight turn times, we're going to try to get something on press as soon as we possibly can. If we know that on this date, the last part's going to show up, we know it's there, we can schedule a press around that and, and just move faster, you know, send tracking. I mean, we track, we, we do get daily manifest from the, from the vendors. So we keep an eye on it our, on our own side sort of as well. But the more information we can get from the customer on the PO, the, I mean, that's great. So really, I mean, and not just that, like anything, anything you think that we should know about your order. To your situation we just ran into, too, one, the customer sent us the artwork. They said one inch. They sent us the PO, um, the artwork proof had one inch. So we've got the PO and we have the artwork proof, artwork proof. So we printed it one inch. Well, they wanted it three inches. But their PO and their proof and their AI file is one inch. Mm-hmm. Like what we, well, we sent out a mock-up approval before we do anything to confirm okay. that. So we would mock it up at one inch. We would send it over. Hopefully they would catch it and say, oh no, it was supposed to be three inches. And then okay. we would update it and send it again for final confirmation. Okay. That's so that's unless do. it's, you know, we do have some customers, you know, high volumes that are submitting just daily orders where we might, we might, you know, have agreed to bypass that product or, or that, yeah. that, that step. I mean, um, but um, yeah, generally we're going to send out a mock-up approval to confirm that because that happens. Okay, this is a, this is the contract. This is one of my biggest customers. Yeah, we we do see that where someone says something and and sometimes it doesn't make any sense. You know, it'll be left chested, seven and a half inches. We say okay, okay. we mock it up that way, and then they go wait a minute, that wasn't right. So, so we we want to catch it obviously before it goes to press. So yeah, that was that was just one of those back and forth, and they're like, nope, it's approved, and it's like, are you sure? And they're like, positive, and then we did it, and they're like, yeah, the customer wanted it three inches, and I'm like. 
They're like, how did you not catch yeah. that? Mostly I would have been like, oh, I'll just split it with you and then listen to y'all. I'm like, no, I'm not splitting it. Like I did the steps exactly <laughs> like I'm supposed to. Yeah, I mean, it does depend. I mean, I, we'll, if we see something and we can tell it was, you know, again, partnership, right? I mean, we'll, we'll yeah. try to help out. Um, just try to enforce, be more careful next time. And let's not, you know, make sure you're triple checking what we're sending you. Just like we're going to triple check what you send us. Yeah. So, and if something's weird, like if it is like a, if it's just a weird size or something just doesn't make sense, even if they do, like my art department will question even a couple times. And sometimes I think, you know, we don't want to offend the customer, but it's like, okay, hey, look, if you, you really want that to be like a, like a full size, like a full design left yeah. chest at one inch wide, that's a little weird. Right. So, and, and sometimes that'll come back and realize that somebody just wasn't thinking and we catch it. So, but yeah, this, this is really good though. Cause this is, this is real life examples of what we're talking about. I mean, look, look it happens. Right. I mean, well, I like, oh, yeah. like how Jeff said, you don't want to offend the customer. Cause some of them are like, Oh, it's, yeah. that's exactly what I want. And I'm going, it's tiny. And we've even like cut out the artwork true to size and like stuck it and gone. This is what it looks like. And they're like, can you make it higher? And I'm like, you really don't want it here. And they're like, yes, we do. I mean, we have printed like up here and it's horrible, but I literally will take a screenshot mm. of me doing it, attach it to the, I mean, just all the steps, but. Yeah, that's print- maybe a good point too. I guess like if you, you know, trust your decorator, right? I mean, if, if you have a good relationship with a decorator, you should, and, and I'm not going to say sometimes, I mean, we'll get it wrong. You know, we'll say, yeah. we think this is but the best practice. And it turns out that the customer really did want something weird that just wasn't standard. But if, it, if we see like it's like a normal, just a normal job, nothing seems yeah. like they're trying to be all art, artistic about it or it's just, you know, just put the placement on the sleeve where it would normally go for a corporate logo or something like that. You know, you, you kind of want to be able to trust your decorator that they do this every day and, you know, maybe, maybe listen to them right? or at least trust yeah. me, we do this all day long, but we've gotten yeah. all the weird requests that. I'm like, that's not going to look good. They end up getting, they've had two jobs um, like refused due to what they were set on. And I feel bad, but I'm like, I don't know how many more times to like tell you it's not going to look good. Yeah. So, just document everything. Right. And yeah. Like make sure screenshots you're not making a mistake. Yeah. yeah. I and maybe that's part two, right? Because I feel like you could talk about that a lot. I mean, how do, how do you talk to your customer about you know, when you do feel like they're making a weird request or something that's just not realistic, you know, um, like pointers for that. That's all, I think all wraps in together as part of that that big communication. Another thing I run into is two of my customers want to go into screen printing. So they Mm -hmm. like milk me for as much information, I guess, as they can get. And it's one of those that's hard. Like I want to be a great provider for them, but I also don't want them knowing everything that we do to take on my business. And that's been a, um, that's been a challenge for me. Well, again, I think, well, maybe that's part three to all of this too, right? The, the thought process of healthy competition and what that means and looks like, but, um, Hey guys, I, I know I wrapped up a lot of your time today and I feel like we could talk forever and ever. And like I said, maybe there's a part two to this, but, um, for today, I think let's, let's wrap there. Um, thanks Jeff, Amber for joining us today. Um, and again, I hope everyone had fun in Vegas. We had so much fun that we're re-recording our podcast, but, um, yes. anyway, um, guys, everybody out there listening, watching, um, Jeff and Amber are on our advisory board. As I mentioned, you can go over to apparelist.com. You can meet all of our advisory board members. It is a great source of education. Also first place you should go. First place you should <laughs> right, go. That's right. That's right. Um, We're always here to connect with you, answer any questions, and yeah, 
I think that's it for today. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Sounds good. Thank Bye, you. Jeff. Bye. Bye. We'll see you later. Thanks.